Hey, in this episode of Tales from the Gemini, I interview Chris Quartz. Chris is a head chef at Apocalypse Burger here in Indianapolis, and she tells me of her journey of being a head chef and the difficulties she had. And this was a fun episode. I got to eat on air, and I apologize to anybody watching me eat on air. This is disgusting. But I hope you enjoy this episode. It's fun. It's funny. It's insightful. And watch out for Chris Court. She's going to be one of the greatest chefs coming up. Watch. Thank you. Oh, here we go. Yes. Oh, that's a vibe. Listen to this song. And why? The TV. The TV. Why? The TV. Why? The TV. You do not need the TV for anything. Yeah. <laughs> Tales from a Gemini, man. This is uh, this is gonna be a great one. Thanks, Wyatt. I appreciate that. Hey, Wyatt, don't forget about the time. Anyway, <laughs> this is a, gonna be a great in studio. I've always, I, all my guests are important. I love all my guests. And usually, if you guys have been watching, it's always motorsports or uh, performance coaches or whatever. This one is totally different, stepping out of my realm of uh, comfort, and I'm going with a chef. I I started out in Indianapolis here, uh, this place called Apocalypse Burger, and they posted this burger that looked delicious. So I said something smart. I go, hey, do you guys have plant-based burgers? And they came back with a smart-ass reply, and I go, oh, shit. So I came back with, and from there, a friendship ensued, and then, which leads to my guest here now, Head chef of Apocalypse Burger, and she just got the head chef at Petite. What? Petite Shoe. The Petite yeah. Shoe. First time ever with a chef on. I'm so excited. Let's welcome Chris Quartz. Chris Quartz. Yep. Quartz, thank you so much for coming. <laughs> I appreciate that. I'm pretty pumped to be here. I, first time I ever had a chef. I, I mean it from the bottom of my heart. I'm so excited because it's almost like. With, with, when the Food Network first came on TV and you heard like a network all about food, what is this about? It's stupid. And then now I'm up at 2 o'clock in the morning going, oh, not the paprika. You know yeah. what I mean? So now I'm excited. So I'm going to ask you about all this stuff. But first of all, I want to know everything about you. And she bought, she bought me a plant-based burger. A plant-based burger. Let's talk, I, I can't wait to eat this thing. If, if you're listening on Spotify, please switch over to YouTube because you're just going to hear me <laughs> snacking. And it's, it's not going to sound great. This is a plant-based. And what is this uh, burger? Consist- so this is the InstaSwag verg- uh, veggie burger. Um, it comes with Thousand Island dressing, shredded lettuce, local Indiana tomatoes, and then a veggie patty. The veggie patty has onions that have been roasted and then sous vide. Um, so what, what, is, what is sous vide? What is sous vide? That is cooking. That's a m- method of cooking where you actually just heat the water um, and you cryo back whatever item you would like to see sous vide. And then, so like a lot of times people will do that with meats, um, things that you want to infuse flavor with. Okay. So we sous vide ours with a little bit of butter after it's been over mesquite charcoal. Oh and it completely God. changes the pl- flavor tr- profile. Yeah. So, but the veggie burger has eggplant, carrots, um, Roasted onions, a little bit of miso in it. Um, oh. It's. Oh. <laughs> I, 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 I'm so turned on right now. <laughs> I mean, from the bottom art. This is not. I mean, you got to know me. Wyatt knows me. So, everybody else, if you're not familiar with it, go, this guy's weird, but Wyatt knows me. And, you know, it's just all authentic. I'm like, oh, please tell me some more. And then so I can just bite off into this burger. It is. It's, it's, the burgers there are awesome. They're smash burgers. So, you know, you're not going to get the temperature. Uh, check or anything and you don't need it because once you taste everything you know and the ingredients are there we make the thousand island dressing we make the cheeses we make so i can dig in right now oh yeah okay listen uh, okay so right now i want you to tell me like where you're from and so because when i eat it's not gonna be pretty but i'm gonna have first (laughs) bite on the air all right and then i'm then i'm gonna have to i guess wrap it up because i can't that'd be kind of rude i guess but here i first bite on the air of the uh, it's the plant-based 
That's the Insta Swag ver- Insta Swag Insta Swag Burger. Mm. Give mm. it another minute. Mm. Mm. You know what's awesome is now you yours was o- yours was awesome. Well, I'm pretty <laughs> excited because now you can come to Petit Chew, and they have a beet burger. So, gonna have to get a second one, right? I'm gonna get another bite, Wyatt, and I promise I'm not gonna do my uh, listeners wrong. I just wanna get another a second bite, and then I'm gonna wrap it up and I'm gonna you know, ask you about <laughs> your life. But yeah, we'll start. Uh, so I'm originally from Paducah, Kentucky, which is as about far west in the state as you can get. Um, I lived there my entire life. I went to culinary school at Le Cordon Bleu in St. Louis, um, and then I was in Louisville on and off for about six or seven years. Uh, and of course, the goal was to be, for me at least, to be the uh, executive chef of a high-end restaurant. Mm-hmm. And so I managed to get an offer in Cincinnati within a company that I was working with. Uh, so we made a move up there. I was up there for about three years and then uh, moved down here in February. Hold on. Why? Take a bite. I mean, I, I'm not going to lie. I didn't hear anything you said. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm hungry. <laughs> And I ate this, and my God. Trying it right now. My God. People, I know this, I love this. It's my first time ever having, I only have very many in-studio guests, usually just on Zoom. Sure. So I love the energy, because, you know, you're here. Yeah. But I, and I, I mean, it's with no, no disrespect, I didn't hear a damn word you said. <laughs> That's how good this was. Uh, how was it, Wyatt? We're recording, I, right? Yes. You can remember. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. Yeah. How was this, Wyatt? How, how's yours? How's yours? I'm still trying it. One sec. Mother. I mean, honestly, there's nothing like, I think the older you get, food becomes like everything. Because I'm, because you've, I'm, I'm, I'm older than you, obviously. So yeah, I've been through it all. Sure. Not through it all, but you know, where you go through the, the, the club stage and you eat food and you get out and whatever. And it's great. But you know, you go through the <laughs> hot chick stage, but now I'm at the stage now where food is like, oh, like I, I, like I fantasize about, oh. I go out to order. So uh, let me tell you something. If you were to uh, tell my parents um, when I was 10 that I was going to be a chef, they would have looked at you and been like, get out of my house. (laughs) Okay. Why? Okay. Why? Why was it? I was picky. Ooh, I was picky. Broccoli? Get out. Strawberries? Get out. All of the good stuff. Now, was that because, was that because it wasn't fresh? No, I was very texture oriented. As a kid. Oh, yeah. Okay, so growing up, even you were like first, second grade, you're like, I don't like this. I don't like the texture of it. I don't, it's not hitting my taste buds the right way. (laughs) Yeah, it was In first grade, you were like that. (laughs) I didn't like the texture of food. I would have gave you a whooping just because. (laughs) I sat, you, oh boy. I sat at my mother's kitchen table one night and she told me that I was not going to get up until I finished my broccoli. Yes. Now, guess what? You didn't finish your broccoli. No, I fell asleep at the dinner table. Are you serious? <laughs> Until like 10 o'clock. I did the same thing. True story. True story. When I was a kid, and we had, and no offense to my mom, and uh, is that you know, we had everything from cans. So we had canned sure. spinach, and I was like, ugh. It wasn't like the, the green. It was like a kind of like a like a, a, a like a dark, dark green, like an olive. Oh, yeah. like, you can it, can anything. Artichokes. Yeah, so I was like, ugh, I'm going to eat your spinach. Like, ugh. And so I, I'd, I'd sit at the table all night going, this is nasty. Broccoli the same way. It was like, sure. it was all like limp, like, you know, like, you know, like right. flaccid. And I'm not trying to be nasty, but kind of flaccid. And you're like, right. ugh, I'm going to eat that. And then, honestly, and it wasn't until I moved to California and I was working at this restaurant. Well, you're in California. Well, I was in L.A. Come on, produce is everywhere. Well, I didn't, 
Yeah, but I'm just the country boy from Oklahoma. So I go to, <laughs> so I go to, and I'm in LA, and I'm at this restaurant I'm working at. I was a bouncer at a restaurant, and so I had something with spinach. I was like, oh, spinach. I go, oh, spinach. I, I was used to growing up with canned spinach. Sure. So when I had that fresh spinach, I mean, first of all, it was green the way it was supposed to, and I was like, what is this? And I said, I was like, what? And I Why ate. Why is it so bright? Yeah, and I ate, and I was like, oh my god, game changer. Yes. So, okay, so growing up, so you were like that. You were like, you didn't like the texture. So what, what changed it for you? What changed it for you? Um, I really wanted to, I really wanted to cook. I liked cooking. Um, when we were growing up, it was always make sure that dinner started or on the table by the time that mom got home. Um, but we were also the kids that were, we forgot to pull the chicken out of the freezer and it would be under the sink and running water whenever she pulled into the driveway <laughs> frozen hard as a rock. <laughs> Did you, you forgot to take the kitchen out? Well, it had to be comical for my mom at some point because it was the same situation every day. And at some point you have to think, man, this chicken takes a really long time to thaw out. If I told them to do this two hours ago, we were pretty terrible, I feel like, at some points just giving her the hardest time. But I... There would be nights that, so like one, this was like the twist, like the turning point for me that I will never forget. I think I was like a sophomore or junior in high school. And mom asked me if I would make dinner. And I said, sure. I made rice stuffed bell peppers and I folded napkins for the silverware, sat the whole table like it was a restaurant. Wow. And how old were you? How old were you? Probably 15 or 16. But it wasn't, like to me, it wasn't gourmet. But I'm also one of those chefs that, um, I don't I don't have a ton of accolades, but I do have good recognition, and it's one of those things that I w people are like, "Oh, you're really humble," and I'm like, "I just I'm right now hitting a point in my career where I f firmly believe in my abilities." First Fair. of all, use the word accolades. I've never used that in my life. <laughs> I mean, so I'm like, "Whoa, what kind of education do you have?" I'm like, "Accolade." <laughs> I don't even know how to spell. I'm like, "Ah." Uh, oh, see? I should have started with um, my mom's a, a teacher. She's she's a music teacher. You know what? See, now you're being humble because I'm just like I, that, that Oklahoma me just came out like accolade, <laughs> accolade, Google accolade and a, you know, but no, that's uh, honestly that's so th is that how you knew like you were headed down that path or and growing up like how, now how old are you? How old are you? I will be 30 in September. So you grew up with the Food Network, right? Yeah. Okay. Now, w was that a was that instrumental in your life? Or Not at all. Really? Not in the slightest. So it was just it was just food. I mean, yeah. and the texture of it, and how you like. Okay. So when did you know it was like a was it a love affair, like a passion? Um. So I'll tell I tell you, I was one of the kids in high school that um, I really didn't have a game plan. <laughs> I I played athletics. I was in marching band. I played soccer, but when it came to graduation and where I was going to go to school, um. I think I put a lot of pressure on myself to figure out, well, what do you want to do once you get to college? You need to pick a major. And so I was originally um, enrolled with Western Kentucky University um, out in Bowling Green. Okay. And before orientation, like before registering anything, I figured out that they didn't even have a business management program at the time. Okay. And so in my head, I'm like, okay, well, if you want to be a chef, a lot of people say, well, you need a business or a bachelor's degree, like in business, something on top of that. Um, by all means, if you want to better yourself in education, go for it. But in the culinary industry, it is not necessary. And so I ended up going to La Corte en Bleu. In, um... St. Louis. So, okay, so you, so you don't need a business degree uh, no. to be a chef? No. Well, I guess not. I mean, why would you, though? 
so well there's a lot of math involved and there's a lot of business involved so like i all day i'm off today but i'm getting text messages from vendors about bread about microgreens about produce anything that they have um and it's at the end of the day i am being paid to run a business for someone else that makes sense i'm running the food side of it so it's there are parts of it that are absolutely like well how much money am i spending to get this new dishwasher in today um that's not so much our side they want us to focus on the food aspect which is awesome you get a company like this that recognizes like okay yes we have a problem there but there's already enough going on on one side let's not put all the pressure on one team so um but i learned more growing up in the field so i started in this industry at 17 um where like where mcdonald's backyard burger you kidding me? Are you serious? <laughs> <laughs> you were back. Now, did, you, did you put your own little twist on it? Like they were no. looking, and you put like a little pepper on it. And they go, "This is different." Than, and I go, "Yeah, it is." And shh, like the, no, I was, I was, I think I worked there for like three months and then headed out to culinary school because I wasn't. Um, I graduated high school June first, I believe. We had an ice storm that blew through, so our graduation was really late. <laughs> um, look it up. Two thousand nine, huge. We were out of power. The city was out of power for weeks. Um, wow. so graduated June 1st, I believe. And then I started culinary school July 1st. Okay. I was only out of high school for like four months, so I didn't work there very long. I was working there a little bit during school and then after that headed out. Um, and I didn't work while I was in culinary school, but it was the, if this tells you anything, I wasn't one of those kids that didn't apply myself all the time. I applied myself when I really enjoyed something. So uh, like, so if, if you're an athlete, it was the playoffs. That's when you came to play. It Man, was a playoff. District finals, any of that? Oh, yeah. So, like, during the regular season, like, come on, Chris. Yeah, whatever, coach. But district finals, I got this, coach. I like, got, yeah. Go! So, Goal! when it came, right. So, when it came to academics, I was, I was smart, but I didn't. Apply yourself. I don't, what do I need to learn about English? You're one of them kids. I just dropped accolades on a podcast. Oh, look at this. <laughs> look at this. She's dropping accolades, big words and shit. Big words. I'm going to call you big word, Chris. All right. I'm going to call you big word, so, Chris. Um, but when I went to culinary school, that was the first time that I was on honor roll consecutively. Okay. I had perfect attendance and it was, I mean, I was going to school early and staying in classes late. I loved culinary school. And what did you like about it? What, what, what was the love? You can see, it's like, so if I wasn't in this profession, I'd be um, a landscaper. I can see the progress that I'm making. And okay. I, every time, um, so I'm a very creative person, right? I can tell by your dishes on Instagram. Oh my so, God. Well, and I appreciate how... I appreciate art. So um, I always had too much arts and crafts shit in my house. <laughs> like, uh, ask my parents how many beads they vacuumed up or how many things I stained with nail polish because <laughs> I, I took nail polish and I was like, hey, th I could use this as a paint. I'm out of all of the paint, right? Um, so I have a creative outlet, and but I can use that for my food. And so when it comes down to plating and everything, that's where it's like, well, I, p I drew my whole life. I colored and I did art artistic things, but I'm one of those people that, like, unfortunately, I hate it, I hate it, I If you want to be an artist, you have to be dead before you make money. And I, I can't be a starving artist for that long. I like food too much. Right? I'm with you. I'm with you. So you can buy, so you can bind your love of art and food together. Yeah. Did you figure it out that that soon? Um, I think that it's over the years has grown with me as far as knowing that. Um, I have the backing of, so March of Dimes, 2019, 
up in Cincinnati, Ohio. There's a March of Dimes signature chef auction. And they ask chefs from all over the city to compete. I was the only female that was competing in the awards that we were part of. Um, and I won, like, overall third best. Uh, I got third in overall best tasting, um, like, second overall um, best plated. Just so to see that. Af- and against guys that I have a half of a career of, you know, people that have been cooking 20, 30 years. And then with that steakhouse that I was working with, I was the first female executive chef in that company. I was the first trainer out of Louisville to hit that company. And so there's little stuff like that that I say little stuff. (laughs) (laughs) I say little stuff because to me it's stepping stones. And I don't know what my end all goal is, but I appreciate cooking food and seeing reactions like yours. Man, it, I, I hope Wyatt is going on you when you're talking, because if you guys are watching me, it's, it's downright disgusting. Because everyone to a person has said, if you ever go on a date, it will be over once they see you eat. Because, I mean, <laughs> it's the truth, though. You understand, I, lo- I, mean, I love what I love. I love riding my motorcycle. I love riding my bicycle. When I do something, I love it. And sure. when I eat, I fucking love it. I mean, I yeah. am, and I love taste, and I just love, oh, I love the... Oh my God! There was one time in Dallas. True story. One time in Dallas, I was at a, at a um, Italian restaurant, and I was hungry, just like it was before you walked in. And I was so into the meal, I literally was going, mm, mm, and I stopped myself. And this and this mother and daughter go, "It's good, huh?" <laughs> <laughs> I was like, the, "Oh that's man!" That's a polite way of saying, "Sir." Yeah, People in the restaurant are uncomfortable. I know. But how do you know you're moving up as, as a chef? I mean, like. How do like and how does the word get around like oh this is the chef right here and by the way what is it with chefs and that god complex one of my favorite movies in the whole world was chef and I, and I watched the other movie with Bradley Cooper what is it with like you know like like no offense but you guys act like you're king shit like like it goes it goes chef then doctor like what is it with like <laughs> yes chef no chef yes chef no chef you're right chef I'm a piece so, of shit chef I'm I mean, a piece of shit <laughs> chef <laughs> I mean what is it with you so, guys so um. I will say I see it. That's very old school chef. And it it's still in my mentality because I did actually manage to get into the old school kitchens originally. There is a lot of respect for a chef to me um, once I have worked with them. There's certain air that people carry about themselves where for me, I can tell like either you're a fantastic chef out of the gate or you're a chef that's full of shit. How, how can you tell at the gate, like, oh, this, this person right here, this person right here? How do you know at the gate, like, this is a good chef? So I'm really quiet when it comes to food. I like to listen to people talk um, and kind of hear what they have to say. And then I like to throw my ideas in last and kind of go fr- from there and see what people think. And um, to, for people to say, like, oh, you've got really fresh ideas. And it's kind of one of those things where when people say, how do you know who a good chef or a bad chef is? For me, personally, it's always been how people hold and carry themselves. So I'm confident, but I am I could just be a confident person. The fact that you know me as a chef, I'm, you came in, you saw the tattoos, you're like, yeah, we can get her on the air. She's a chef with tattoos. Must be legit. <laughs> <laughs> Must be legit if she's got tattoos. <laughs> 
so no, it's a tattoo of the butcher knife that's on your that's on your wrist. Like either you've done time or she's a chef. That's my, my that's my mom's favorite one. Really? No, hell no. <laughs> you never know. Your mom might be gangster. Your mom might have taught it in inner city school. Yeah, it's the night that I shanked little Duran. <laughs> You never know. Yeah, she's a music teacher, so you she, never know. I yeah. should. I need to get some music notes or something. But um, the way that I found the respect aspect and how chefs are like hard asses is, it's a discipline. It's understanding that if the chef is speaking, there's only one voice in a kitchen at any point. There only needs to be one because if you've got too many people talking, then there's a lack of con- there's a lack of organization. It becomes confusing if you've got one person. So. For me, in my kitchens, where I've been in the past, I've liked to say, okay, we're going to lay a ground rule. If you need to speak to me when I'm in expo selling a $40,000 night worth of food, you need to ask Chef Call, which means, Chef, can I, I've got a problem. I need to speak to you pretty quickly about it. Okay, if I don't repeat, I, a lot of times I would say, okay, somebody says, Chef, can I call? Uh, two seconds, and I would finish what I'm doing, turn, go ahead, call. That's from a service standpoint. Sometimes cooks also will do that on the line, and that's them saying, hey, I need some help or I'm drowning, like can't handle the workload, which is ridiculous sometimes because it's there. It's You've got to think um, on those $40,000 nights, there was a staff in the kitchen of less than 10 people, less than 10 people pumping out that amount of food. So um, to me, the chef, I, I overworked myself. Um, I always worked like 75, 80, sometimes 90 hour work weeks. Wow. Was it because, I mean, why? Why is it? Because you love what you do and you're, you're hands on and making sure everything's got to be right because you know it eventually comes back to you. If you work, if for me and my mentality, it was if I work the longest, I'm going to get the most experience, which means that I'm going to bypass anybody that's working the 10 hour shift while I'm working a 13 hour. Grind it. Basically grind it. All the time. So, God damn, I love that. No, I mean that. I love that. Well, it, it got to a point that. I was doing that so much that I burnt myself out. Um, And it got to a point where I didn't allot for time with my mental health. I didn't allot for time with family. I missed way too many events. And that's something that uh, I really had to reevaluate. And so it's gotten better over the, I will say it's got, 2020 really did a number on the the entire industry and showing what do you value as me as a cook and as a chef um, but I think that the discipline p- aspect comes back to if you work the hardest, um, and I don't even want to say work the hardest cause some people can work the, their absolute damnedest, but they just don't have the s- quality skill set that you're looking for. You know what I mean? What's your best quality skill set? Your best quality. I'm charismatic. And? Oh shit. <laughs> another, great, another one. Great. <laughs> Great vocabulary. Great vocabulary. Charismatic. Great vocabulary. I mean, yeah. but in the kitchen. I mean, just I mean, the actual hands-on skills in the kitchen. What's your best? What's your best mm. asset? I can. I'm very strong with working an expo, but I really love to grill. Really. A really big grill. Yeah. Electric or old school with the charcoal on the bottom, or or wood uh, briquettes. Um. It depends. I don't mind wood burning grills. Um, I do appreciate like a nice gas grill that's got its hot spots and its cold spots. And, wh- and what's, what's the best grill? What's the best grill out there for people? Just regular people like myself, weekend. Yo, Chris, come over. We gonna grill. You know, I charcoal. If you're doing charcoal, get a flavored charcoal. Flavored? Be- yes, because it's it. That is infused into your food. Oh. 
you have to think about that because the charcoals are underneath, heat rises, that flavor's rising, and it's hitting your food. I, c I can taste this. Right. I, I, I mean this from the bottom of my heart. I can taste it. Is it smoky? Yeah. My God. I mean, right. I'm, I'm loving that you're talking because when you do, you know, like hopefully, like I said, Wyatt is focused on you because <laughs> when you're not, I go away from the mic. <laughs> we only have a full angle, so you're on the camera the whole time. <laughs> oh, God damn it, Wyatt. <laughs> like, oh, by the way, Wyatt, how was your burger? It was actually really, really good. I had, n I have no idea what was on it. I still don't know what was on it. His actually had cheese on it. His had cheese, two smashed meat patties. Um, it's an American cheese, right? At the Thousand Island, a little bit of fresh tomato, Indiana local tomatoes, some red leaf lettuce. Those sous vide onions are on top. Yeah, see, like onions and tomatoes, I usually don't really like, but the whole thing was really good. Gotcha. I'm, I'm the same way. I mean, from the bottom of my heart, I, I love purple onions. After that, I don't, I, only time I like onions usually on a fajita. But my, when you told me that when I went to go see you at Apocalypse yeah. Burger, and you told me about the onions, but how they were prepared on the, you smoked them. And I was like, okay. And I mean, oh my God. I mean, it's a wonder I'm having a stomach ache right now because I'm eating so fast and I'm literally gulping it. <laughs> but I'm not even saying because you're here. I mean, oh my God, this is delicious. I mean For it from sure. the bottom of my heart. So, okay, so what's the best grill somebody can get? Best grill, actual grill. Is it uh, the, the, the egg, the green egg? Is it a Weber grill? Green eggs are really good. Okay. Those are really great, uh, great piece of just equipment, hands down. Um, a Weber's not a bad grill either. I, th I really, you know what I'd really like is one of those Weber's that are the flat tops that they have right now. That's what everybody needs. You can cook your whole meal right there. Uh, the little flat thing. You yes. Can, oh my man! If I I want to get a I want to get an outdoor kitchen. I yes. I have a kitchen in the outdoor, and I just want to cook and make smoothies and have a TV and just kick back. I mean, you I have like a little fan above, set the whole ambiance up. A fan, mate. Well, no. If I'm outside, no, because I want the neighborhood to smell my shit. I want. <laughs> I do. I want the neighborhood to go, man, <laughs> T is cooking again. And, and they have to just come over. Yo, man, did you see my, um? I dropped the paper clip. Oh, y'all eating? Oh, damn, you don't mind? You know, I mean, seriously, <laughs> that, that's what I want. Yeah. I, I want an outdoor kitchen, man. That's what I want. And I love those. Um, I want to get a wok because I love hibachi. I love a wok. I love hibachi. Sure. I, I do. If you I, get that flat top grill, you can do hibachi right there. Really? Think about what you go to. You can get attitude about it. I'm just saying what I want. I want, <laughs> I want to get it. <laughs> He's going to put a, whack, a, a wok on a flat top. I I might. My, why not? I'm, I'm do something different like you do. I mean, I be, be creative like you. Yeah. What's the most, what's the funkiest dish you ever made? Like you just went, you went, God damn, that was good, Chris. That was good. You said it to yourself. What, like um, I'm really well known in Cincinnati, at least. I don't have too much of a following here, but in Cincinnati, I had a lot of people that liked the way I prepared my lamb. How'd you prepare your lamb? Tell me. Tell me. It's all about the marinade and because you can break down um, a lot of flavors in lamb. Um, but I would do a lot of acid, so I would actually soak it for 24 full hours, um, and it would be 24 hours. Extra virgin olive oil, red wine vinegar. BT, you got to stop eating. Oh, okay, man. I'm sorry. You got to quit doing that. Okay, I'm sorry, man. I know. I know it's just good, but it, it's the audio, just the audio. Okay, man. I'm <laughs> you sorry. Can't, you can't eat on a <laughs> podcast, dude. I told you not to eat. Well, we're both hungry, man. You're just lucky you're not on the air. Anyway, like you were saying. Red wine, um, but fresh herbs. All of my, the herbs that I put in the marinade are fresh. So fresh thyme, fresh basil, fresh rosemary, a little bit of salt, pepper, um, a couple other things here and there. But if I, So I would let it go for 24 hours. Um, obviously, at the halfway point, I rotate it, flip it over so that it's all the way through. Um, grill it to a nice medium rare. Oh, and that's when you went. 
Yeah. I mean, even you had to go, you know, I'm, I'm it was good. It's really good. Yeah. Um, okay. And I make a minted berry compote. So a lot of times people will make mint jelly to mm. go with lamb chops. Mm. I'm not too keen on seeing something that bright green um, oh, with lamb. It just doesn't make. So if you were doing something that was. Um, so on the on the show chef's table, there's a chef out, I believe, in Finland. Mm. I could be wrong. Totally misspeaking. Someone help me. Um, and he does. There's a bright green branch that's covered over um, an aluminum foil wrapped piece of chicken that's being cooked over charcoal at a low pace. But because that smoke is being infused in that branch, that flavor is going into the food as well. Oh, that's but so that bright green versus a mint jelly. I'm okay with seeing that. How do you guys know though? But like, there's a chef in Finland right now who's doing some shit. We know. Like, how do y'all know? Chef's table. Chef's table. Chef's oh. table on Netflix. Really? Yes. Okay. So, uh, but otherwise, you wouldn't know. Otherwise, you um, wouldn't know. You can look at things like Michelin-starred restaurants, okay, Michelin so. chefs, um, anything, anybody that's been like big awards, that kind of stuff. Okay. Well, I want to know is answer this question truthfully. Can you beat Bobby Flay? That's all I want to know. Can you beat Bobby Flay? Can you? Yes or no? I don't want to hear no. I don't hear no accolades and big words, Chris. I want to hear. Can you be Bobby Flay? Yes or no? If you say yes, I'm making it happen. You be Flay together, and you take his. If ass you want to make that happen, yes. I is it? I'm not a fan of Bobby Flay. He's pretty rude. Oh shit! What 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 Bobby do? Did he touch in a bad place? What happened? No, he's um, been a diner at quite a few restaurants that myself and friends have all worked at, and he has not been very polite. Uh, he's kind of a dick. Is what you're trying to say? Chefs have a lot of insight to people like that. Oh, oh, we getting this scoop of this shit. We getting this scoop. <laughs> okay, so Bobby plays a dick. Okay, and, but you know he seems like he would be. Sure. I mean, he really does. I mean, there's nothing about him. I mean, he that makes me think he wouldn't be cocky. Right. He wouldn't be like, oh, this guy's a okay. Who's a bigger dick, him or Gordon Ramsay? I love Gordon Ramsay. Really? Is he cool? I. I think that he is. I think that sometimes he can overstep boundaries, but a lot of times the times that he does do that, people kind of put him back into his place. Um, and I appreciate that. I think that the relationship that his that he has with his kids and that he keeps that as a forefront okay. is a big importance and is actually pretty cool for other chefs to see because that's something that, uh, like my mentor, he hands down has been a big factor in showing me that you can be a chef and still have and lead a normal life if you allow yourself to. Okay. okay. Um, because it's really tough. Like the hours that, pe you know, if you guys are out to eat at nine o'clock at night, what makes you think that I'm not working at nine o'clock, closing down a kitchen and then getting home at midnight? Yeah, at least I worked in the kitchen also. So I know exactly how that is. Yeah, it can be really, it can be really tough. People come in and you close at 10, they come in at 945, you go, you piece of uh, shit. Don't you hate that? And they go, hey, yo. And they look over at me. Well, can you, uh, and you just go, I wish I could slit your throat right I now. I wish that you would get a dessert and get out of here. If you <laughs> come in and you tell me that you're doing soup, salad, yeah. I want it all. the whole court. Yeah, we're here for the full experience. Yeah. Great. We're all going to have a great time then. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure of that. Wait, okay, would you, would, you be on, would you be on Chopped? Would you like to be on Chopped? Um, I have filled out like 80% of a chopped application and then stopped. Nothing. Why? Why is that? Why? Are you scared? Yeah. I'm too nervous. Why? Why would you be nervous? You got it. You I got this. You're from Paducah, Kentucky. I've been to Paducah. I've performed in Paducah. I don't like Paducah. You can do this. <laughs> you can do this. It's one of those things that, um, when I say like, 
I don't know that it's being humble. I just am getting, I, like I said, I'm just now getting to a point in my career where I'm believing everything that everybody's saying. I'm believing it in myself. Like, that you, know you, you can make food all the time. You can sell out wine dinners. You can be booked as a private chef. But th- chefs sometimes strive for perfection and realizing that, I realized that at a long, a long time ago that it's just not there. You can be have the perfect dish for yourself, but perfection in a chef, it's not worth it to try to push for that to me. It's you're if you're good enough, then you're there. You're good enough, damn it. And you can do it. I want you to fill yeah, out one hundred percent of it. But listen. I'm listening. I'll, here here's l- good enough, right? Hear that. Never forget this. I'm listening. When good enough yeah. becomes okay, we will never be great. Look at th- I knew something like that was coming. Right here, Chris. I knew that was coming. Hey, I'll that's not for it. me. That's from Susan Lum. She was my director of ops for a while. Um, life-changing quote. I thought that was from uh, Bono from you, too. I no, it probably that was. was. Well, because Bono. But she said it to us in a pretty profound manner, and all of us were just. I'll top you with it. Oh. Um, good is the enemy of great. Oh! <laughs> good is the enemy of great. What? Absolutely. What? No, don't give me I that, Wyatt. Good yeah. is the enemy of great. It's simple. Even a first grader can go, yeah, you're right on that. I mean, seriously, that, that, yours was deep like you accolades. Yours is deep. Like me, I'm, I'm real, I'm real like here, and good is the enemy of great. Either way, it's in the same ballpark. So yeah. don't, don't be that way. Just go do it. Well, and that's, I'm, I think that actually seeing where I'm at now um, and being with the company that I'm with, is massive. You don't have companies like this throughout the country. It's very small amounts of people are trying to do this. You know what I mean? Um, make a different impact on not just what you're doing, but the community around you. And knowing that it is possible to work in a company like that as a chef and still keep your creative outlets, still keep a home life. I'm here for it. What's your weakest dish? Like, what is something you still haven't like mastered? You go, oh, it's just I'm not, I'm not. Oh, I can't grasp this. Like, what, what, what's your weakest? Because you know you. you my kryptonite. You want to yeah. know my kryptonite? Yeah. What is it? White chocolate. White chocolate. Like Wyatt. White chocolate. White chocolate. I call Wyatt White Wyatt because he's deep dish. <laughs> Wyatt's got more soul than any of us. <laughs> so, uh, why is it? Why is that? White chocolate because it's not chocolate. It's not chocolate. It is just a heavy amount of fat. Okay. And so. Say that you want to uh, melt down white chocolate and you want to um, manipulate it to make a different um, shape. You know how people do creative things like that, right? Right. You have to temper it. It has to be at a certain temperature in order for it to work the correct way. Otherwise, it will break. Just like a hollandaise, it will break. And once it breaks, it's done. done. You can bring it back, but that's if you're one of the chefs that can bring it back. But I will... that's like I'm talking like two o'clock in the morning trying to uh, dip car- like 300 carrot cake pops in white chocolate and I couldn't melt the chocolate the right way. My fiance is a pastry chef by trade. Had had to call her two o'clock in the morning. So if I see you walking the streets all despondent, and go, Chris, what's wrong? I go, hold on, white chocolate. You go, white yeah, chocolate. you already know it's white chocolate. White chocolate tea. And you just keep on walking. You just walk on. I can't. I can't. Uh, Don't say can't. Negative word. I can't believe how much white chocolate pisses me off. Damn. <laughs> She's a positive purpose. She said can't. I told her can't's negative <laughs> word. She still said, I can't believe white chocolate pisses me off. Damn, this girl right here. You ain't going to get no accolades on white chocolate? <laughs> <laughs> no. No. Okay, when it comes to, okay, let's say um, uh, ethnic food. Like, uh, what, is it any kind of particular, like, uh, uh, brand of ethnic food that you really enjoy and enjoy cooking or would love to uh 
love to try to cook. I love to cook stir fry. I love cooking stir fry. Why I love it? to cook because stir fries, stir fry dishes are made to me by the sauce. And I think that if you go to any restaurant, you're also going to see that. How many squeeze bottles at a hibachi do they have of different sauces that they're like, here's this one, here's this one. And then they cook your, yes. your food in a different one. Yes. Um, and you think about places like uh, you go to a Chinese restaurant and it's a Kung Pao chicken. It's a Kung Pao sauce. It's a sweet and sour sauce. Um, so I used to work on U of L's campus, and I worked with a guy that he was. He always made the sauces, and he would follow the recipes as a baseline. So if somebody had allergies, I'm so sorry, but uh, <laughs> he was not following that recipe <laughs> to a T. And one day I saw him filling up a pitcher with Coke, Coca-Cola. Okay. And I was like, hey, what are you doing? And he was like, I'm making, I'm making stir fry sauce. And I was like, with soda pop. And he was like, yeah. He goes, think about all those sugars that are in there. And he was like, stir fry sauces are sweet. Okay. And they have a lot of sugar in them. Mm -hmm. But a lot of times people will use um, like bottled teriyaki sauce, uh, which isn't bad by any means, but when you can make a teriyaki sauce from scratch. Mm -hmm. And so... Uh, I started thinking more and more in depth than that. Okay. And shout out to anybody that loves Dr. Pepper as much as I do. Oh, I, I, when I when I drink soda, oh my God, Dr. Pepper, girl. That's a bop. Girl. That's where it's at. How girl. many how many flavors are in Dr. Pepper? Oh, how many? Oh, how many? Twenty three. Is, is Plum one of them? I couldn't name them. I, I but I, but you don't know twenty three flavors. It could be Plum. Twenty three flavors. Right, so I like to use Dr. Pepper anytime that I make a dark stir fry sauce. Wow, I wouldn't even think of that. Yeah, that's, that's what that's, that's got to be for your creative outlet. That's got to be great. Yeah, to just try to put your like I said, you fuse your art mm -hmm. with your creativity into your food. Yeah, and the colors. Okay, when it comes to plating, how do you? Okay, because sometimes correct me if I'm wrong. The actual the way the plate looks, it makes a difference, doesn't it? It makes a huge difference. So I'm a big, big advocate for garnishment yes. um there shouldn't be a garnish on a dish unless it is an element in the dish so when people are like oh yeah throw some parsley i fucking hate parsley thank you thank you i, I, put a, I hate, hate it. parsley that can hate it. that can be the name of this episode i, I fucking hate parsley i fucking hate parsley you heard here on <laughs> tales from the gemini i hate fucking parsley um no that's right when it's just like or when people dry it and they put it on the edge uh i was in culinary school Chef Chini, he's a Spaniard, and he was a firm believer in that. And he was a firm believer in respecting food and respecting where it comes from. And so each person that I think I've worked with or been in contact with in the industry throughout my career, I think has been a big part of the development. I think has been, so <laughs> for him, it's been a big aspect um, showing us that it, it matters where the food comes from and how it presents itself. So plating to me is a, that is where the artwork takes place. So like I was talking about on Chef's Table, you'll have a four top, four people, sitting at a table like this. They'll have a white tablecloth or something down, um, and they start, you'll have chefs that come around, and then they start plating the sauces, but it looks like a Jackson Pollock painting. <laughs> and it's a matter of, they're showing you, you're paying for an experience, right then and there, you're paying for an experience of the chef is coming out, and this is how the sauces are gonna be plated, this is where this is gonna go, like, um, one of my other favorite dishes from that show is they're, they come out and they've got pine branches and on the end of pine branches is a block of tuna. It, it's a raw block of tuna, but underneath it, again, there's charcoal. And so you oh. are sitting there 
and you're grilling and mm. smoking your own piece of mm. fish. So it's mm. showing people also if you have the creative ability, even if you don't, just use your imagination. So something that my fiance and I talked about, she's savory, I'm sweet. We want to do a smoked ice cream, but not with smoke, oh. not with liquid smoke like oh. people use in barbecue. But when you, if you can capture smoke, say that you smoke a bunch of charcoal, put it into a bag, cryovac it. Okay. But say that I do that and I already have the milk or the cream in that bag for the ice cream that I'm going to flavor. I want to bring that up to a certain temperature and I can sous vide it so that it becomes infused with oh. that. But it's, that's a trial and error. So it's, why hasn't somebody else already done that? Has somebody else already done that? Probably. But what method did they use? Is it successful? So it's little stuff like, why wouldn't you think of those flavors together? Oh, you know what you make? I want you to make a French vanilla ice cream. It tastes like French vanilla creamer. Yeah. Okay. I want you to do that. Because, I mean, I, I when I make my coffee and I have French vanilla cream, I know they just go, oh. Apocalypse Burger has vanilla gelato, root beer floats. Man, let's go there right now. Cut the episode right now. We're going. <laughs> I mean, seriously. Root beer floats, vanilla, in-house made vanilla gelato. Let's go. I, I mean, God damn. I'm, man, you're lucky you're, you're, lucky you're engaged. Because, I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I could just see you coming home like, what are you going to make me now, baby? <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's, think about both of us work together, so it's awesome. Oh. Like, you know, when we were... Yeah. Is there like a, is there like a little competition there, or you guys? I mean, how does that work? Even though she is a a, 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 a pastry, pastry chef, chef, right? Sure. Is there like a little bit of like uh, she? So she was always like, no, we could never work together. That's uh, not gonna because she and I are both very um, aggressive and set in a kitchen. We know what we're doing, oh. right? We both know what we're doing, and we do it pretty well. Okay. Um, okay. So. For us to work in a kitchen together, either we're going to get along or we're just going to be button heads the whole time. <laughs> but I have been in some really sticky positions before, mm -hmm. and she has always stepped in and filled them pretty quickly uh, and just worked through a night. That's how good she is. She can come into a kitchen, not know a menu, and help pick, make sure that I make it through my business. That's, a, that's good. Well, speaking of that, because before I forget, how do you make a menu for a restaurant? Like, how do you go about deciding what goes here? And like, okay, we're going to make this dish. Like, how, do you, how, does, how does making a menu come about? Um, some of, so I like to, s you can start with like protein. So like a wine dinner menu, we can, that's something that I have written pretty frequently. Um, a lot of that I base off of beverage. So if it's going to pair well with the wines that we're serving. Really? I like to, yeah, because then I can taste the wine and I can figure out what notes it has. If it's a Bordeaux, if it's, you know, something that's more of like an earthy flavor, then I might put elk or bison on the menu. Oh, my God. I never thought of that. Yeah. Wow. Really? <laughs> so it's just, you know, that's one of the ways to look at it. Yeah. Have you made like wildlife food? I mean, like, like, like wildlife food. Listen, look up tonight. We've got kangaroo. <laughs> no. <laughs> There's you know a mean? place like, in Louisville that's called Game, and they serve kangaroo. Okay, uh, okay. How about like, have you have you made like like gamey gamey yeah. food like elk? Mm -hmm. Elk. I mean, Joe Rogan makes elk. Uh, how about elk rattlesnake? How about rattlesnake? I haven't done rattlesnake. I've um, barbecued alligator. Cobra. Um, cobra. Not cobra. You ever had cobra? No. You ever had uh, black black mamba sauce? Like from the black mamba snake? No. Okay. Well, you gotta be like that about it. You gotta ask me. I'm just asking. No, I didn't. Sorry. Okay. Well, I'm just saying. Yeah. How about, how about, uh, see, 
Shark. Shark is, uh, so I'm not a huge fan of seafood, unfortunately. Yeah, me, me neither. No, no. But shark to me is one of those seafoods that people are like, oh, it tastes like chicken. This to me does taste like chicken. Shark it's, does? It, yeah, it's a very, so like. So shark can, is like basically a chicken at the sea. You can grill that, you can grill it, and it's it holds its steak shape and the whole nine, yeah. Wow, okay, unbelievable. Seriously, yeah. I didn't know that. By the way, since you know that I'm plant-based, and think, by the way, for giving me a plant-based burger, I appreciate that. When are we going to have a barbecue place for people like vegans and vegetarians like myself? Oh, oh, let me tell you something. So that's what that's what I wanted to do for Leo. First of all, we're, we'll get there. That's it's it's going to come, but it's in due time. You got to think about okay, so if you want it to be sustainable, which yeah. is what I'm I like to get behind, but you have to think about produce. Because you're doing plant-based. Okay. Okay, so what produce are you going to use, and how often can you get it throughout the year? Here's what I've been thinking about. And it's not like <laughs> I, I know a little bit, okay? I watch TV. Here's what I want to do. All right, have a restaurant like that, basically plant-based. Yeah. But at the restaurant, behind it, you have your own greenhouse. Yes. And climate-controlled. And so instead of, like, waiting for the dude to come in, it's literally behind the restaurant. Yeah. And that's how fresh it is. Yes. Why you like that idea? That's fantastic. Oh, uh, let's get we get a restaurant. At, look at the Pot of Shoe Foundation. They have a garden, and that's where we get a lot of our greens from. I'm gonna call it teas. How about teas? That? Great. Teas. I think. I think. Yeah. You think My, so? I well, yes, I do. I think that that's doable, and I think that it, if you have the right. Um, you've got a great media platform, so I think it would be fantastic. Oh my God! Well, why don't you come on over? Okay. Really? Was that easy? <laughs> well, because uh, what I want to do, my end goal um, in the next, you know, financially affordable future, um, I want to have a food truck, but permits are something that you have to get Yeah. Um, for different states. But the deal is I want to have a food truck where I can travel from state to state, go to local farmers markets or local farmers, whatever the produce they can have they have to offer me that I can purchase for that day is I will write a menu based off of what they have. Nice. That's uh, what I want to do. Oh my god, I love that. I love that. Man, I know I know we're, we're up against it, but before I do, <laughs> I want to go real quick quick answers, okay? You say say you're in a rush, you need a chance to make something at home. You have to go to a fast food. You have to get something fast. You're starving. Can't make it at home or if so it's in between, so you have to go to a fast food place. What's the best fast food place to eat that's relatively you know, safe or healthy or whatever. Fast food or Fa like fast casual? Like a Corito? That's... Oh, uh, okay, no, fast food, fast food, fast food. If you had if you had to pick like... Okay, if you had to pick fast food, if you had to. Taco Bell. Are you serious? I, I don't know, man. I mean, the reason why I say Taco Bell is because you've got so much protein in the beans. Yeah. And it's not a bad protein, you know. Even, um, even better, than, better than Chipotle? That's Chipotle. Yeah, Chipotle. Chipotle. You know what? I, I, I'm, the one that, I'm the one that's doing the interviewing. Uh, why? You should eat your food. <laughs> Thank you. I'm sorry you had to see that. Uh, well, uh, to me, uh, that's a fast casual because that's how Corito is. Corito, and that was the one that I would throw down. I would say Corito in a heartbeat. What's Corito? Um, so I, I that they are owned by the Thunder Group, who also own City Bird. I don't know that they've made their way to Indianapolis. No, yet. they haven't. Okay. I, I'd have eaten it. Um, look out for them because they're a massive expanding company. But Corito, um is a place you can go in and they've got so like they have a buffalo chicken bowl and it comes with a cilantro lime rice chicken a buffalo sauce carrots um mm, stop. Just stop. lettuce stop. cilantro but it's like stop. it's fresh and it's right there in front of you stop. same concept as chipotle and qdoba but just not burritos i love, I love qdoba i love qdoba 
Sometimes I feel like their chicken tastes like cardboard. <laughs> you into that? <laughs> I don't eat meat. I just, I, I just go with the I go with the impossible. What's the best plant based uh, plant based so called meat? Like I, I like I think impossible th- impossible and and beyond are neck and neck to me. I haven't had them. Okay. Because I. I'm a reducitarian. I eat a decent amount of meat, but not a ton. Okay. Because I can't. Too much meat is just gross to me. Yeah, same here. Yeah. Um, I don't know. You know who's got really good veggie burger, though? Who? Apocalypse Burger. Oh, damn. Nice plug. Plug it. Plug <laughs> it. That's beautiful. I love how you did that. That was nice. <laughs> I gave you the alley-oop, and you said, boom. boom. And you said, boom. That gotcha is too. not an easy basket, Marv. No. <laughs> I love it. Oh, my God. Chris, I had such a great time with you, baby. I had a blast. I had a, oh, my. There's so many things I didn't even understand that, you know, you watch TV, and I just watched them, you know, make the food with a, a Beat Bobby Flay and, and Chop, sure. which are my favorite shows, but I didn't know the intricacies. Like, you, uh, honestly, like, you base it off the wines. You, uh, that's beautiful to me. Honestly, I love not, I love knowing something now that I go, now I get it. You know sure. what I mean? Now I yeah. get it. Man, I, I like to have you back. because I would go, love that. You go to a new cafe, and this one, usually this goes, this goes all over the world, but, you know, I like having the local, man. For one, like I said, it's, it was new, and I was kind of nervous because I was like, it's a chef. How are we going to do this? Sure, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, okay, so the restaurant that you just, uh, that you're going to be the, uh, the the head chef at now. Petite Choux Champagne Bar and Bistro. And what kind of what kind of food? Uh, French? French. And w- which will consist of? Um, so, uh, so we have a lunchtime. Uh, we've got a grilled cheese on a, oh my God, it's so good. It's stop. so good. Please stop it. Please. Got a shredded Gruyere cheese on it, mm. a brie cheese, and then caramelized onions. Yeah, there's a French onion soup. There's um, baked eggs that come with a pesto cream sauce. How much do I love pesto? I uh, love pesto and hot. I made it sauce. yesterday. It's so good. Oh my god! Hazelnuts. Mm. Mm. Okay, I got you. On that. Yeah, uh, a lemon tart with fresh. You know, I'm gonna name my first kid lemon tart. That's how much I love. <laughs> I mean it from the bottom of my heart. I yeah, I can't. Well, I'm gonna go visit you there. I mean it from the bottom. Of yeah. Heart. So five years from now, five years from now, where are you gonna be, Chris? Five years from now. Professionally, where will you be professionally? I want to have my truck by then. Okay. And where will you be living in five years? Ooh, that's a tough one. So I guess we didn't mention that. I've lived in three states in four years. Okay. That's not so what I asked. I said, where are you going to be in five years, though? That's what I said. Ooh. Where are you going to be in five years? I don't know. I'm really family-oriented. None of them are on the coast. But, guys, it's a lot warmer there. It's a lot warmer. Uh, you know, all you have to do is worry about <laughs> is earthquakes, uh, which is like a dr- the drive-by of natural disasters. <laughs> Like, it's like the drive-by. Oh, I wasn't ready for that, you know. <laughs> and it's over. Yeah, and scene. <laughs> so, okay, okay, and uh, uh, what's it called? Okay, professionally, and I saw also at like your home, home. Sure. I mean, personal life, personal life, five years. Ooh. Personal life. Don't be afraid. We'll be married. Okay, and congratulations, by the Thank way. You. you big romantic. I saw you at Glacier Park, right? Glacier National Park. Glacier. Yeah. It was beautiful, and I saw you on your knee. I was like on bended knee. Yeah. I, I played voice to men in my head, and I. And I oh think, my gosh! I, yes. I think a tear trickled down. My eye. I love. <laughs> I love that you. I love that you're adventurous. You hike, and I saw you yeah. on your knee, and you, you proposed to your girl, and you guys are just beautiful together. So yeah. congratulations Thank on that. Thank you. I think we're fifty or fifty-one days out. Beautiful, and I so. mean from the bottom of my heart, congratulate. Couldn't happen to a better person. Thank you so much for being my guest. 
guest. I mean, if I'm thank the you for having me. I've no, had so much fun. I had a great time, and I mean, I learned so much. And thank you for the food. I can finally eat without being reprimanded by my <laughs> producer here. So, thank you guys for watching. This has been a fun, fun episode. If you're ever in Indianapolis, please go to Apocalypse Burger. Follow them on Instagram, and I, I promise you, it'll be the best follow you will ever have. The food looks good, and if you clap at them, they'll clap back. Trust me, and it's the funniest thing you'll ever have. And also, go to Cafe. Uh, Cafe Potashu is one of the other ones, but you want to go to Petit Chew Bistro. That's where I'll be. Petit Chew Bistro. Please, and go check out my girl, Chris Court. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for watching Tales from a Gemini, and I appreciate all the uh, positive feedback, all the DMs, and like I say about this time, you know the word, pain.